like my father was in East Tennessee land of free home free spent time as a kid hills of Carolina mountains and valleys there there's no place finer still my time keeps ticking away I'll just keep Hello, hey everyone. How are you all doing? Uh, you've made it through your first week of 2022. Congratulations. Welcome to the new year. We hope it's going well so far. Um, we hope you're bringing some helpful practices into the new year regarding your mental health and, you know, dealing with difficult family or difficult people in your life. Um, we have a little Facebook discussion about that happening right now. So if you have some good things to add, um, please come on over there and let us know what you're bringing into the new year. Yeah, we want to hear about your best practices, get some ideas, hopefully inspire others. You know, all of us are always about, well, it's a new year. Let's just trash everything at the end of last year and, and we're going to start <laughs> up new and it's going to be positive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like I get a lot of people shit on like, you know, the new year. Some people are like, it's literally just a new day, whatever. Like it's, it's no different. But I'm like all for like a fresh start and like new year in intentions and all the things. So I spend a lot of time uh, kind of reflecting on the year before and journaling and all the things. So I fucking love the new year. It's probably my favorite time of the year. Morgan's amazing like that. I'm not. I uh, actually haven't felt well over the New Year's holiday, so I'm just like giving myself some room and grace. I'm supposed to be doing a um, a health thing with Morgan with some yoga every day this month. I'm going to do it. I'm already behind because my body is sore and I don't want to do it right now, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing um, the yoga with Adrienne. If you all have ever heard of her, if you're interested in yoga, she has a free YouTube channel. She's incredible. Every year she does a 30 day new year practice. Um, it's like 30, less than 30 minutes a day. Uh, it's totally free and I love it. And um, Sarah is joining me for it, but it's, that's just a good lesson. You know, listen to your body. Don't push yourself if you don't need to. We're all about listening to ourselves and honoring where we're at. And if that means you don't feel good enough to do yoga, that means you don't feel good enough to do yoga. Yeah. I'm not going to let it get me down. I'm staying positive. It's going to be my year, y'all. I need one. I'm due. <laughs> exactly. I am due a good year. Yes, you are. I think we all are, honestly. So I'm, I'm going to hold on to this hope for a little while. I'm going to ride it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, side note, really cool. We were having this conversation with Nick. Shout out our editor. Love him. Yes. Such a sweetheart. But we were talking about Morgan's journaling the other day. And he was like, I can't wait for the like Chronicles of Morgan because Morgan has, uh, she's talked about it before, but she has journaled. She is dedicated. She has like a decade of daily journaling. I mean, that is cool as shit. And you know, can <laughs> That's just like, yes, it is. It's my favorite practice. I mean, I, yeah, I've truly been doing it like for a decade now, every single day. I kind of just like, it's my way of like checking in with myself in the mornings, you know, reflecting on the day before what went well, what didn't go well. And I always do my gratitude and it is so fucking cool to be able to like go back and read you know, where I was a year ago or two years ago or whatever, like when an ex comes back into my life, I'm like, mm, let me go read, let me go read how I was doing when we were together. And then I'm like, oh yeah, you treated me like shit. I remember this, like I can refill all the feelings. So it's good to have those read receipts, but also what I mentioned to you and Nick, that is something that I haven't talked about a whole lot that I do want to like go further into is like I have journals because you know like I mentioned in episode seven you know like my childhood being an only child when my parents were you know physically fighting every single night things were so bad so traumatic I have journals of like me being a seven eight nine ten year old where I'm like literally journaling that shit out. And I think that was like my instinct of how to cope with the trauma. And it's just, that's always been my go-to. Like that's how I process things is by writing them. What's so funny is I've always been a writer. Like 
as a learning style. Um, mm -hmm. I'm the type of person that like, I'll learn content, but I need to write it myself to really absorb it. So like my yeah. textbooks from college had like sticky notes on every page. They're crazy looking. And I always was a huge uh, day planner person since I was mm -hmm. younger. And that was something I always, always did. Day planners, day planners. The last few years I've fallen away from it, which is funny because I think that I influenced Morgan a little bit with my day plannerness and maybe some other people. <laughs> and then now everybody's like, well, where's your day planner? And I'm like, I had to give that up. But... <laughs> I have one this year that I just started for the new year. I'm being hopeful to keep my life together, y'all. <laughs> yes, I love that. I haven't even seen it. So you'll have to send me a picture of what it looks yeah. like. We'll have to post on our um, our Instagram post and in the Facebook group uh, pictures of our our planners for the year because yes. <laughs> I'm I love keeping it plans. simple like I used to get real all out and keeping it simple and I'm, I'm, I'm lowering my expectation trying to get on board. But, uh, you know, I'm Sarah. I'm the older cousin trying to get her life together. <laughs> I'm Morgan. I'm the younger cousin. Who has her life together. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty together right now. I will say, like, I don't want to, like, like, knock on wood. I don't want to mess anything up. But we're in, we're in a good place right now, thankfully. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. Great. So, yeah, it's top of the year, y'all trying to get this year started out right. We're so thankful for the outreach that we've received. We're so thankful for the community that we're building. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the intention of this podcast period is the community and the safe space. Yeah, y'all. So it's the top of the year here in the great state of Tennessee. It was like 70 degrees yesterday and today's a snow day. So no school. Yeah. There's snow everywhere. It's Darcy's first snow, my little dog, and yeah. he does not like it. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, what is this? She wouldn't even go out the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so happy we got a snow day. DC got the same like south, southern Appalachia snowstorm. So we got quite a bit as well. And I'm just, I love a snow day. I honestly... I was like, it's not going to snow. It'll just be like freezing rain like it always is. But it like for real, for real snowed. Like, what, I feel like that's a good sign for the year. Yeah, it's like we're just running a little behind y'all. It didn't happen over the holidays. It's okay. It's okay, Mother Nature. We get it. You still showed up. It's fine. We're good. <laughs> but who really loves the snow is Morgan's dog. Mr. Really? He he has Husky in him. And he, yeah, he loves the snow. I mean, he, he gets the snow zoomies. He tries to eat it. He tries to catch it as it's falling out of the sky. I mean, he just this man is happiest in the snow. So I've, I've already taken him for two walks today. Uh, you know, it's a Monday. It's, um, you know, a work day, but I have managed two walks already. He'll probably get two more. And what's so funny is, I mean, this kid loves the snow. Okay. Like he was at my house last year during the snow and he will just like bulldoze while he walks, just put his mouth down in the <laughs> snow, let it go in. And what's so funny is, he wound up having like a urine accident last year and Morgan, the very caring and nurturing and, and, you know, on top of it, mom was like, oh my God, he's sick. What's wrong with him? Do you remember that? Yes. Well, yes, because this dog, I mean, he's five years old. He, he has been potty trained, you know, since he was just a couple months old and he has never had an accident inside ever. Except and he's like, for with the maintenance man. Oh yeah. Well, when he, but that's not an accident. That's him getting the literal piss scared out of him. <laughs> um, but aside from being so scared that he pisses himself, which he did used to do a lot, uh, he's never had like an accident inside, but yeah, last, last Christmas, it was actually Christmas of last year that that snow day happened. Yeah. He bulldozed and ate so much snow that he, he peed inside. He had to go so bad because yeah. I was like, he was whining and I was like, really, there's no way you have to go outside. He just wants to go play in the snow again. And then he was like, no bitch. Like I have to pee because I ate so much. <laughs> <laughs> so like heads up, if your Husky type dog has an accident and it's snowing, it's probably because they're eating a bunch of snow and getting a whole lot of hydration. Exactly. So don't be mad at them. <laughs> yes. Check on them, check on them, but it's probably the snow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we hope if you guys are in a part of the country or the world uh, that has gotten snow this week or today or whatever, 
uh, we hope you were able to enjoy it a little bit. Um, I feel like everyone loves snow. Yes, people are building snowmans over here, everything. Side note, though, can we tell the maintenance man story? Because it's my favorite Rolly story, and it makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so in uh, when we were living in Nashville, um, we basically our air conditioning stopped working. And so we had to have like a little window unit while they were working on it, whatever. And basically they had gotten it fixed and they needed to come get their window unit or whatever. And we, you know, we had specifically said like, we've had to every, I mean, everywhere I've ever lived, we've only lived in apartments with Relly in the city, but he, um, we always have to notate on the lease, like do not enter, you know, without letting us know because you know he's a really big dog he's a mastiff rottweiler husky mix and he kind of has a lot of anxiety with new people especially men so he can like come off as really aggressive sometimes be aggressive in certain situations with new people especially men um and he just he gets so scared and so anxious so it's just like i just need to be there if like maintenance is going to come in well (laughs) that apartment (laughs) did not listen to that and (laughs) i ended up talking to the guy afterwards like later that day or something I can't remember the next time I saw him or something and he was he's like this very large super muscular man like you know the tattoos long hair just like a big old burly guy he told me that he walked in the apartment and really again he's he weighs 84 pounds he's a big ass dog mastiff rottweiler mix and the guy said that he walked in (laughs) and really was like barking and growling at him and the guy was like you know it's scary. It, I was a little scared, but I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to be assertive with him. So he said that he was like, no, no. And really just ran on the couch and pissed himself. <laughs> and he was able to grab the unit and leave with no issue. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, you know, really was like, what are you doing? And like, he has a very terrifying bark. <laughs> yeah. He was like, like, oh shit. Never mind, man. Leave me alone. Yeah, just take whatever you want. <laughs> so good to know, I guess that's how again, he's going to react. He is much more timid when you're not on site. Like when you're on yeah. site, he's like, it doesn't matter. He's made out of, you know, freaking platinum. Like he doesn't care. But when he's by himself, he's a little more in- insecure. So. Yeah. yeah, which we get. He's very codependent. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, take me but not her <laughs> yeah exactly just truly the best protective dog yes thank god for our dogs seriously yes truly yeah you know we really have enjoyed the you know connecting more social media and hearing from more of you and that really and truly is the intent of us opening up and being vulnerable is to you know show people that y'all aren't in this alone. Like it happens, um, a lot more common than it's talked about. And we want to provide that safe space. We want to provide a place where people can speak and be heard and supported. And, you know, it's just such a beautiful thing seeing it come together. And we really do want to hear more from, you know, each of you, good things, bad things. If you need a, you know, an ear or, you know, some support. We're here for you. If you want to tell us, you know, if you've been in a similar situation of some of the stories that we're sharing with you and, you know, have some advice or want to share how you handled, we'd love to hear that as well. Uh, We've heard from several people in our lives that have reached out and just, you know, really opened up and, and talked about hard things that, again, they're not easy to talk about. It's, it's so hard to talk about things when you've been the victim yet you feel responsible and judged for Mm -hmm. and that's what we really want to destigmatize so most recently we were uh, contacted by her name is Sadie she lives here in Knoxville and I absolutely adore this person she is an ABA therapist and if you don't know what that means it's applied behavior therapies so primarily they work with people who are on the spectrum to help with daily living skills, educational skills, and social skills. And she's worked with my son over the years in a couple of different uh, facilities and is amazing with him. She also has a sibling with special needs. So she really grew up just with a huge heart And it's just so amazing at what she does because she really does put her heart into it. I miss seeing her regularly, but she reached out and was just telling us how much she really appreciates us opening up and 
talking and, you know, she shared some things with us that has happened in her life with her mother, you know, definitely connecting on her mother, you know, having some mental health issues, you know, suicidal attempts, what kind of guilt and responsibility that puts on you. But also the last episode on gaslighting. I mean, that's something that it's really hard to identify what it is when you've been gaslit by your parent. And with us, you know, talking through the episode part one last time, she was able to talk about that and open up and just shout out to Sadie. She's rocking it. She's an amazing human, beautiful, intelligent, love the profession she's in, really selfless, and just really appreciate her reaching out and connecting with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Sadie. Yeah, it seems like the gaslighting episode uh, a lot of people resonated with. um, So we were glad to start that conversation. And we called that part one because truly there's there's a lot more to discuss. But um, we also have a a Facebook group discussion on gaslighting happening, too. So like I said, come join us over there. I feel like this has been like a very long intro. So yeah, I guess we're going to get into it. So this (laughs) we're going to finally get into it. This week's recollection is is going to be one that Morgan's mostly going to share about mm-hmm. um, a, a family member of hers that we lost and kind of what went through with all of the arrangements and, and the time period. So Morgan, I'll let you describe and introduce what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So this this story came just because, you know, re-listening to the last last week's episode about gaslighting, like we talked a lot about. Well, we, we touched a lot about verbal abuse. Um, and I think we've, we've talked throughout this podcast about how, you know, Sarah and I have both dealt with a lot of verbal abuse from both our mothers and our Nana. Um, and so this is just like a really good example of that. And just another example, um, of, you know, like we've discussed in the first few episodes of just like not being able to just fully grieve a tragedy because there's so much other stuff happening. So I'll get right. into it. So, you know, me as an only child, like we, ha- we really have a small family. So like, you know, I'm the only child, like I mentioned in a couple episodes ago, and I, I only have technically four cousins um, on both sides of my family. It's like on my mother's side, it's just Sarah and I, she has three stepbrothers, but, um, and while I very much, they're wonderful, I consider them family, but again, Sarah is nine years older than me and she's the youngest out of those stepbrothers. So like I, my childhood was not, you know, we didn't spend a lot of time together as a child or anything like that. So Sarah's my only biological cousin on my mom's side. And then on my dad's side, I only have three cousins, all boys. One of them, unfortunately has been in prison for most of my young adolescence and into my entire, you know, current adult life, um, who's, who's a few years, like, I think, I can't remember if he's younger than you or older than you, Sarah, but he's like closer to your age. Really close to my age. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, but I have two other cousins, two boys on that side, um, who I spent a lot of time with because basically, uh, one of them is just two years younger than me. And then the other was four years older than me. So, you know, we were all close in age. And um, if I, my summers when my parents were working and I wasn't in school, I spent my time with Sarah. She would babysit me a lot. And then I would also spend time um, on my dad's side with that, that set of grandparents and those two cousins. And these two cousins, these two boys, they grew up they had the coolest childhood ever. I mean, they had all of the extreme sports They, you know, they had a dirt bike track in their front yard, literally. So like they're constantly on four wheelers, rhinos, dirt bikes. They had wave runners, just like all the, the toys. Um, and I was always on the back of my younger cousin, whatever he was driving, like I was riding, holding on to him. Um, just like truly so much fun. So, you know, unfortunately then they very much, you know, still, do all of those extreme sports. Um, and they just, they truly have a a blast like that. My, that's my dad's brother. Who's, um, their father, my uncle. And, you know, they, they just really like live a joyful life and have a lot of fun with stuff like that, which I really admire. I think it's important as adults to like foster joy and, and fun. Like adults don't have enough fun in my opinion, but unfortunately, Last October, um, October 2021, so it's been a little over a year now, um, the older cousin, he 
got in a motorcycle wreck and suddenly passed away. Um, super young. I think he had just turned 30 or 31. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Like just, I mean, very young, like incredibly tragic. You know, it was weird with COVID, you know, in terms of like the service and everything and like seeing family. Um, but just, I mean, yeah, just, I mean, there's nothing, not, not much else to say other than just like what an incredibly like tragic loss it was. Um, and so basically, you know, I'm, I'm trying to grieve this. My dad and I, you know, immediately go over to my uncle's house and, you know, we spend, you know, two days there essentially just like being with everyone. And I mean, unfortunately, like, I hate that tragedy, you know, brought, us together but like that was yeah I don't get a lot of time with that side of the family just because I live you know out of town and have for many years it was really wonderful to like connect with everyone I you know it feels weird to say that because it was under really really shitty circumstances and obviously there was you know a huge hole and you know space missing with my cousin you know obviously for Morgan with how close she was you know not only in age but just growing up with him and as close Mm -hmm. as her father was I mean you know not a big family this was you know one of his three nephews and they were close and and Morgan's father also enjoys you know motorcycle riding and things like that um you know it's something that runs in the family and so this hit really hard I mean for Morgan's father it was like losing a child because he was very close with his nephew and so you know small family very tragic just freak event and it was I mean it was it was very emotional it's it's always terrible to see someone go early Mm -hmm. um and you know he he went super early and so this was like a time that for Morgan and her father you know this was really difficult time yeah absolutely and I mean like obviously that's that's a trauma in itself right well you know we spend our time with the family and then it comes time for the services And, you know, my dad and I ride together, you know, we're there to support each other. And Sarah came and she brought her son with her, Um, even though, you know, obviously this is all my dad's side and Sarah's on my mom's side. But again, it's it's a small family, you know. Um, So Sarah showed up to support us and they have a beautiful service, you know, all the things. But what was happening at the same time was our Nana needed to go to the hospital again. I, I think we've mentioned she's been in and out of the hospital along with Sarah's mom many, many times this year, uh, or I guess last year. Um, so she was going into the hospital or needed to go to the hospital cause she was sick. Um, and so <laughs> my mother who, you know, like we've mentioned, obviously my, my Nana has two daughters, Sarah's mom, my mom, Sarah's mom is out of commission. Obviously she is a very active heroin user. You know, there's no relationship essentially, uh, we don't really have regular contact with her at all. And until she goes back into the hospital, essentially, that's when we have contact with her again. So we can't count on her to to help with family stuff or, or be there, or, you know, that kind of thing. So unfortunately, you know, all the responsibilities with our Nana falls on my mom, which is that's tough. You know, I mean, that's a it's a lot because, you know, she does have some health issues and requires, you know, a lot. And she runs her business that my, my mom works for. So it's just, it's a lot, you know, um, but my mom has this thing and, you know, Sarah has identified it. It's like, when I come into town, it's like, all of a sudden, I guess my mom in her mind thinks that because I live out of town normally, that when I come into town, like I need to take over her duties, Mm -hmm. essentially. It's weird, but that's, I think what she thinks in her head. I don't know if it's like a pat on the back, like this is what I do all day, every day. And not to step on the business's toes, but she doesn't really work. She doesn't really work that hard. Okay. Morgan and I like have demanding careers. We work, work every day. You know what I mean? And for her to call Morgan up when she comes in to be like, oh, can you clean for me? Can you take Nana to do this, do that? Like give her a vacation, essentially. It's just like what do you think? Like, she doesn't think, oh, I want to visit. I want to make good memories. It's like all of a sudden Morgan becomes like, you know, a fill-in helper. And unfortunately, that's really unfair to Morgan. It's it's stressful when you live away from family and you travel in. Your time is valuable. And so, yeah, Morgan's yeah. not in to, to take over all of the family tasks. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a really weird thing. And like it's hard because I still feel obligated and I still feel guilty because there's like this, oh yeah, I guess I'm out of town. So, you know, I, I guess this is my obligation. But it's like it's kind of not. Um, you know, I guess <laughs> I've kind of made peace with the fact that like I think that responsibility falls on you as the child. Uh and it's like someday I'll take care of you uh and not expect my children. I you know, their grandchildren being taking care of grandparents, essentially. Like, I just feel like there's that natural order. Right. Um, but yeah, she does that every single time. It's like, and it sucks because it's like, I do want to visit everyone. I want to see you, but I don't want it to feel like I'm only seeing you guys because you want me to do stuff for you. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's just become like a really weird kind of toxic dynamic. Um, so yeah, she's, so my, my mom, I guess, you know, she's also grieving this loss as well. You know, obviously it wasn't her biological nephew, but nephew by marriage. Um, and she, you know, very much spent a lot of time with my cousin as well. So this was a loss for my dad and my mom too. Um, and as we know with any alcoholic, you know, my mom begins coping by drinking. The unfortunate part was that, you know, she's drinking and now Nana needs to go to the hospital, which she you know, she was refusing to take her because I guess she had already started drinking. Um, and so she starts calling me and asking me if I can take Nana to the hospital. And I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm at, I'm on the way to my cousin's funeral, you know, like, and you know, this, uh, and what's funny is like, Sarah, you had already communicated that like you were going, right? Right. So this was just, again, I think her, I, I don't even know what you call it. She was guilting more guilting Morgan for sure. I had already spoken to the situation and, you know, was going to go be there because as Morgan shared, her mother drinks a lot at night. So there's a lot of times our Nana will go to the ER in an ambulance and sit there by herself. Um, unless Morgan or I go, because during those hours, Morgan's mom doesn't, um, have the capability to, to go and be there, which is super sad. Right. So I definitely wanted someone to be there with our Nana because we didn't know what was going on. And so I had already committed to, you know, Morgan said, Hey, drop your kid off. It's fine. You know, cause it was COVID. I couldn't take him to the hospital. So my kid was attending the funeral with them and (laughs) I was just trying to drop him off and just say, you know, give a hug or two to Morgan, Morgan's father's family and get to the hospital. Like I was already en route. I was already figuring everything out. Like it was already handled, but in the background, what's happening. Oh, we're going to pretend that it's not handled. And again, only one person can go to the emergency room because of COVID, which was me. Exactly. So she is just like, she starts blowing up my phone. Like I'm in the middle of the service. I put my phone on, do not disturb. And I'm, I'm seeing that I'm getting voicemails from her. And like, you know, as we discussed the like Apple transcription of voicemails is never correct, but I'm like, oh, there's some colorful language in these voicemails. Like I can see the transcription. And it's also like shitty because I'm like, I don't want to be checking, like trying to read these voicemails, but like, I'm feeling anxiety about like my mom getting mad at me for not you know, taking my Nana to the hospital. And it's like, I should, I shouldn't be feeling that. Like I should be able to be present and like grieve my cousin at his fucking funeral. And then my dad, of course, is sitting beside me and his phone, you know, he's not as, you know, tech savvy and his phone starts going off, you know, in the middle of the funeral and it's my mom. So like, you know, we quickly, you know, silence his phone or whatever. And she keeps consistently calling us. I mean, we both probably had five to 10 missed calls from her when once we got out of the funeral and it's like she fucking knew we were at the funeral you know like I texted her back you know I spoke with her before like we're going into the funeral she knew what time the funeral was um my dad had told her we're at the funeral like she's just fucked up at this point and and is I guess in her unhealthy fucked up super unhealed way is grieving as well by calling us and leaving us voicemails well the thing is that part of our family likes to basically it, it's like a popularity contest like oh so now your father's family is more important than us that's mm-hmm. what it's all about it's like oh well you should just leave that funeral and come take care of nana because we're more important it's like a popularity thing always that dynamic is in place 
Yeah. No, yeah, you're exactly right. It's like Nana does so much for you. You need to, I cannot believe you're not going to take her to the hospital, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Your mom, your mother worked all day and she's tired and I can't do it. And it's like, well, that's none of that's true. So, um, so, you know, then we get into the meat of the voicemails, you know, I get out of the funeral And again, ideally, like I want to be present. I want to try to like grieve and process and like honor my cousin and like be there with my family as we're all grieving. But like this is happening in the background. So like I I, and I have so much anxiety with it. Like, you know, I think as I continue to heal, I think in situations like this, I'll be able to handle it a little differently. But like I immediately check the voicemails because I have so much anxiety about what they're about to say, which is weird. Like, ideally, I would just be like, fuck it. I'm not listening to these today. Today's my day to grieve. But that's just like not the the space and the place that I was at at the time. So I immediately listened to the voicemails. And I mean, it is it's bad. I mean, it's first it starts off as I can't believe you've abandoned your Nana. She's sick. She does so much for you. And you just don't care about her. And you're an ungrateful brat. That's like voicemail number one. Then it it gets worse into like voicemail number two, where she's, I mean, and this is like word for word verbatim of like, you're a little slut, bitch. No man is ever going to want to be with you because you're a whore. She gets this like really weird voice. I think Sarah and I have done it in the podcast a couple of times. Real mean voice. Yeah. And she's like, you're branded like a cow. No man's going to want you because I have tattoos. <laughs> like that was one fucking weird ass thing that she said that stuck out to me. And it's just like calling me names, like calling me a piece of shit, da, 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 da. Not even acknowledging the fact that like I'm at my cousin's funeral. Oh, no, she accused you of leaving the funeral and going and sleeping with people is what you were doing in her brain. Oh, yeah, that's right. She did say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, being a whore, apparently. Uh, Like, I don't even, like, where she comes up with this shit in her fucked up brain, I don't know. And when I say fucked up brain, I mean, like, her, you know, being really intoxicated brain. But her, also, we could probably say her brain is fucked up, too. She needs to go to therapy. She's got a therapy. Well, PTSD, like messing up some some connections up there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she's been through a lot of trauma. Um, but just like truly saying the like the meanest, worst things possible, just like verbal u- abuse to the extreme. Um, and then she even goes on to like, you know, she's done this a few times in my life, which is like again, extremely fucked up. And I think it's her projecting some of the trauma she's experienced in her life, but she will accuse my dad and I of having an inappropriate relationship, which is again, like just super fucked up. Um, because my dad is like, yeah, he's been the primary parent for me. You know, she's not there a lot. We don't have a great relationship. My dad and I have a way better relationship than her and I. And and my dad has been the more primary present parent, you know, as I've, I've gotten older, um so she loves to like yeah make comments I mean it's just like so absurd so obscene that she would even you know suggest that something like that's happening and it's really from a point of view of being jealous she would be jealous if Morgan her father watched a tv show together she would be jealous if Morgan her father invite her to go eat and she doesn't want to go eat and they go have dinner I mean Mm -hmm. it's very much a weird bizarre fucked up jealousy probably from the vantage point of what she did go through as a child but it's just like it's so disgusting like these are the types of things and I know this is hard for Morgan to share that's so bizarre and so outrageous and so inappropriate that's like we don't even want to talk about it but this is reality for us you know yeah literally and it's just like you know in my yeah that part is really weird to share because even though like it's one of course couldn't be furthest from the truth um but too like it it's almost like it's like yeah I guess it's the shame we talk about like I feel shame talking about that because like that's such a shameful thing if that were happening and like the fact that it comes from my mother and it's like I don't know yeah there's a lot of like discomfort in even sharing that for sure because it's just just super fucked up even though I'm not the one that came up with it it's still super fucked up for me to like even share 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, I'm trying to like get out of the funeral. My dad has similar voicemails, you know, saying horrible, horrible things as well. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, I just, I just want to grieve this terrible tragedy, but like, here we are once again, not being able to go through a funeral as a normal funeral experience. Like, what is it with our family? And I don't know. It's like, there's always got to be this sideline drama that just takes over the field every time we lose someone. And, you know, you brought it up a little bit earlier, but I do think it's part of persons in our family suffering from active addiction and coping with addiction. And then yeah. it just like, it manifests from there, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're coping with addiction to a tragedy and then the next thing you know, well, everybody else is coping not that way you want to bring everyone down I guess I mean it's so hard to understand yeah I mean I guess it's it's a lot of insecurities but it's just it's hard I mean that the verbal abuse that I've received from and you mentioned this in the last episode like the verbal abuse I've received from my mother and my nana like all of my shit that I'm trying to work through and heal from can be pinpointed to the verbal abuse I've experienced, like the feelings of unworthiness and like how that manifests in, you know, romantic relationships as an adult and, you know, second guessing myself and, you know, like all my insecurities, it's, it comes from that verbal abuse that I've experienced. And what part of the real messed up messaging that her mother was belligerently delivering to her that evening Morgan had opened up to her a little more recently. And so she just took that and used it as fire. And that's just another thing that people who have like narcissistic tendencies do. Like if someone shares stuff with you on a deep level and you connect and trust, don't take that and use it as a weapon against them the next time you're mad. Like that is like the worst possible thing that you can do to someone that you love like if you love and trust them enough to share with them and confide in them and then for them to turn around and throw it back at you it's like gee I wonder why I have trust issues Mm. (laughs) no yeah exactly I I think you're exactly right I think I had shared with her like something about like having casual sex in the past or like maybe how many people I've slept with or like something like something related to sex. Here we are. This is another sex episode, sex episode, guys. Welcome. (laughs) We've now entered the sex part of the podcast. Just kidding. But I had shared something about like my sexuality essentially. And yeah, she like then turned it around to be like, you're a whore, you're a little slut, you know, whatever. Um, which is something like, yeah, she's done a lot. Like I will share something with her, you know, not just related to sex or whatever, but like share something about myself that like normally I would hesitate to tell her because she, yeah, she'll always turn it around and use it to essentially put me down or verbally abuse me, which sucks. And it, yeah, it causes trust issues. And, you know, we've had multiple conversations where she's asked me a question about you know something she wants to know about and I've said I'm actually not comfortable sharing that with you because I'm afraid you'll use it against me in an argument later down the road because she fucking does she does and the fact that you do that now is amazing and I've had to use that boundary with my mother throughout my life because she does the same thing or Mm -hmm. she'll just tell other people when it's something that was not supposed to be shared you know and it's like Yeah, that's like the worst thing you can do is for someone to trust in you enough to confide in you and open up to you and for you to turn around and use that against them. It's that's so shitty. It's so shitty. And yeah, it's just it it sucks because like you want to share details about your life with your mom. But the fact that we have to like second guess sharing, you know, parts of ourselves because we're afraid it could be framed negatively and used against us is is really unfortunate and i mean like that just goes to show the importance of like chosen family and having you know the people in your life whether they're biological family or not to be able to like share your entire self with and be completely yourself because yeah oftentimes family biological family does not fulfill that role yeah not whenever you've got some toxic relationships and addiction exactly. and mental health issues you yep. count that out <laughs> But, you know, and this is something we've talked about in a lot of episodes, too, is, you know, I was dating someone new. We hadn't even been dating an entire month yet, um, you know, and we I was supposed to join him for plans that evening when I found out my cousin had passed away. And so it's like 
how much do you share in a new relationship of like, yeah, my cousin just tragically passed away. And like, that's enough to like express the, you know, what I'm going through. But it's like, also on top of that, though, one, my aunt is in the hospital, which is always a stressor in itself. But two, also my mom is verbally abusing me while I'm at the funeral. Like, how do you even. And my nana's into- in an ambulance going to the hospital. Like literally yeah. this is like day five in the life of Morgan and Sarah it is and that's why it's like at work and stuff when all this is going on everybody's like how are you doing how's your family it's just like oh everybody's good you know it's like (laughs) y'all don't have time or emotional space to take on what what the truth in my life is because it's a lot (laughs) yeah exactly and I mean that was like my you know most previous relationship and I I did want to share and I I think I, you know, I mentioned the cousin at the time. And I think, you know, a few weeks later, I shared like, hey, I didn't tell you this at the time, but like, here's also what I was dealing with, you know, during my cousin's funeral. And I like played him one of the voicemails. And he was just like, holy shit, like, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah. You want a partner to know, like, maybe why you seem unavailable or someone that can support you and love you through it. But at the same token, it's so hard to open up. You feel embarrassed. You feel shame. You feel all these things that you shouldn't feel. And that's what, you know, Morgan and I are trying to grow and learn through is that all these things we go through that are affecting us, like we're not looking to get handouts or anything like that from people or people to feel sorry for us, but it needs to be okay to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like being able to share this kind of stuff again in a healthy way, you know, not just dumping and, you know, considering, you know, who you're sharing with and where they're at, of course, but we shouldn't have to like hide what we're going through with like, you know, someone who you're in a newly exclusive relationship with, or, you know, your coworkers that you're close with, or your, you know, your close friends, acquaintances, like you should be able to like share pretty authentically of like, yeah, here's the the crazy shit I'm going through. And here's why, you know, I'm not in a great place right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think it, this is not something we've ever talked about, but I think that those experiences are also why I know myself personally, I close off a lot. I'd rather just yeah. close off and not deal with it in a healthy way to protect myself, protect others. And, you know, that's not healthy either. Keeping things in, not having trust with others, you know, all of those behaviors really are a result of being treated this way by your closest family members. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a tough one. Um, Yeah. And just, and just not being able to, to grieve a loss because there's so much other trauma happening surrounding that loss. Like that's something that I don't think is is spoken about enough in families that have mental illness and addiction and abuse and, you know, cyclical issues happening is, it's just like the level of, it's like two layers of trauma, right? Like in families with these kinds of issues, like you already typically have more trauma. So trauma is in like death or, you know, injury or things like that that already is like more than average. And then there's that second layer of not only is there that first layer of that extra trauma, but then there's the trauma surrounding like people being unwilling to cope with it and, and how they handle it and, and all the things surrounding that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely does because it's like you're, it's being inflicted on you and then you can't take care of yourself because of what's being inflicted on you and then in the background what's really going on so exactly like like our our grandfather committing suicide you know because he was you know an active uh user like that's already like extra trauma that we experienced because of our family issues but then there's the other layer of the trauma on top of the trauma of the like behaviors surrounding the event exactly exactly yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's absolutely correct. And it's like, if we can't have space to, in a healthy way, deal with our emotions and grieve and, you know, go through what's appropriate, that just continues to build on us. So it makes it extra hard. It's not just, oh, I lost someone. It's like you said, there's the three layers, basically yeah. the loss, then the background of the loss, and then what's going on actively because of the loss. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it, it really, it really does feed into, you know, a lot of the systemic issues that we talk about, um, or no, I guess not that we talk about on this podcast a lot, but like, even like 
systemic poverty or systemic racism and like all of those things that are intertwined like it just it makes it so much harder to like function in society and 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 to get ahead like certain people are ahead because you know they don't deal with certain things that others do and I mean that's truly trauma is truly a huge huge aspect of that absolutely um we're gonna have to have some non-toxic voicemails this year although (laughs) my year has already kicked off with a messed up voicemail from my mother so you know happy new year (laughs) (laughs) the fucking voicemails I swear to god I think I've kept some of them Mm -hmm. um I wonder if like I would have to go through and see if I still have some of the super fucked up ones I don't if I I do they're in my deleted folder but they're still there let me tell you what happens whenever someone who's actively suffering going on calls doesn't know how to use a fucking cell phone and accidentally dials all the time you get to hear a lot of really interesting interactions (laughs) and transactions yeah maybe one episode we I don't know. Maybe we play some yeah. voicemails. It's just it's, just so you ever let everyone get a taste of like, no, this is really this is really it. Yeah. This 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 is my voicemail for today. Oh yeah. No, just my mom is a survivor. Everybody else is voicing that one. They're passed away now, so it's okay. <laughs> Literally, God. Oh man. Oh. Fucking voicemails. I don't know. I voicemails scare the shit out of me (laughs) I hate voicemails and like thank you so much for trying to just transcribe them but I feel like every time I'm checking a voicemail it's just stressful it's got to be something stressful because non-stressful news texts me (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) or doesn't leave a voicemail you know yeah either we need to just quit leaving voice voicemails or I don't know I don't know what the answer is because now I'm even thinking like God, think about when your doctor calls and yes. they smell. You're like, oh, fuck, what are they about to tell me? Yeah. Well, there's been times when I've been traveling or something just recently, and I'll have a voicemail from one of said family members. And I'm like, I'm not in a space to even listen to this right now. I'll like call Morgan and be like, have you heard anything before I listen to this? Because I don't, I can't do it. <laughs> no, exactly. Sometimes when you text me a voicemail that you've received, I have to be like, Okay, let me just take a second to like ground myself because I know that if Sarah is texting me a voicemail that she's received, <laughs> that it's fucked up and I need to just get in the right space real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Go go ahead and do all your morning routine, get to work. <laughs> and then when you have a moment and your your head space is in the right place, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Goodness. Oh Lord. Um yeah, man, the voicemails. But yeah, I guess the theme lately has been a lot of verbal abuse. And I think we'll probably continue to embellish on that because that's just that that's a that's been a really big one. Um, and the the gaslighting surrounding the verbal abuse of like being told that like what we're experiencing is not actually verbal abuse, that it's just how families treat each other. And that's just how mothers are. That's just how grandmothers are, et cetera, et cetera. Like I would imagine a lot of people have experienced similar things. Like there are so many, and I I hate, I mentioned it in the last episode. I was like, I don't care for Jesus Christ himself. Like you're not going to verbally abuse me. I feel like a lot of families use that as a power dynamic to say, well, I'm your mother. So like, it's, you know, I have to tell you how I feel or, you know, even thinking about like mothers or or parents talking about, you know, bodies or weight or, you know, your life decisions or certain things like that. And, and they, and I'm not saying like, maybe that's always verbal abuse, but it could be negative criticism, but they always frame it as, well, I'm your parent and I'm just looking out for you or, oh, and it's like, that's actually not that like you're actually being mean, you know, sometimes sure, you know, that can be the case, but I feel like a lot of times families use that dynamic to say really hurtful, harmful things. They insert their relation in love to try to cover up the messed up hurtful thing they want to say to you. And that's not okay. Right. Which almost is gaslighting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's tough. And you know, it's, our entire lives, we truly, really internalize what our, our parents, our our grandparents, our big siblings, you know, whatever, anyone who has that relational power dynamic over us, like we internalize that, that becomes Mm -hmm. our internal voice. Um, And it takes a lot of work to undo that. If you're told by your mother, 
your entire life that you're not good enough. It's really fucking hard to unlearn that and to kind of, you know, bring your own voice in. Um, It's tough. It is tough. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but you know, if you guys have experienced this kind of stuff, um, I said this last episode, my heart goes out to you. It's hard. It really is hard. Um, But we uh, we're here. We're here to go through it together and to validate it and to figure out how to get through it in the healthiest, best way possible. Absolutely. And if you too need, you know, an ear, we're here. Reach out to us. You can get us on the social medias, Family Trauma Pod. You can get us on familytraumapod at gmail.com. You know, Mm -hmm. we'd love to, you know, provide that space for you to talk and, and be heard. Yeah, absolutely. And if anything, just laugh about how absurd some of this shit is, like me being branded like a cow. <laughs> She's a cow. <laughs> like what? <laughs> You're like a cow. <laughs> she, she can get creative with her insults. It, listen, send us your most creative insults that you've received from family members. What a girl. So absurd. So absurd. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps it up about, um, thank you guys for being here again for second episode of the new year. Um, we are beyond honored that you're still on this journey with us and listening and that some of this stuff is resonating. And, uh, you know, we've mentioned that we are having breakthroughs. We hope you guys are too by listening. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're just so grateful. Yeah. And take steps to keep yourself healthy this year take space for yourself, take care of yourself, tend to your mental health, go share how you're doing that with us on our Facebook page. We want to hear, we want to see some good ideas. It's been a long couple of years for everyone. So we're all here together. We're going to make it. It's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. It's going to be just fine. So, all right. Well, thank you all. We love you all very much and we will talk next week. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye.